In this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast, we'll be breaking down BYU's trip to Gonzaga. We'll talk about Yoli Childs and his injury. We'll also talk a little bit about recruiting and the Super Bowl coming up in this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Cougar Insiders Podcast. That's Dick Harmon along with Jay Drew and Brandon Gurney. Fellas, let's break down this Gonzaga game. Uh, BYU goes up to Spokane. They play a number one ranked team. Kind of expected that you're going to lose that game. Uh, but what was surprising to me is that BYU got one offensive rebound. They missed a lot of three-pointers that were, quite frankly, quite open. But it kind of turned out the way that most people would have expected it to do, playing the number one team on their home court. Jay Drew. Yeah, the bizarre thing was Yoli Childs warms up. I don't know if it was just to intimidate Gonzaga, to throw him off, but that was really a puzzling development, and that's what I'll probably remember from this game. Without Yoli, the Cougars really didn't have much of a chance. They would have had to play perfect basketball, and they couldn't do it. And obviously, Gonzaga's a very good team. I don't know if Gonzaga's the number one team in the nation. Frankly, I wasn't all that impressed. I think they're good. I think they'll probably run the table in the WCC. But this isn't as good of a Gonzaga team as we've seen in the past. Brandon, they they lost a couple of players uh, before or during this game. Uh, some serious injuries, if not serious, at least ones that will hamper them. Do you think that that, uh, that impact uh, maybe the, the upcoming week or two? Yeah, maybe. But you're talking about Gonzaga and the West Coast Conference. And I, I I'm not prepared to say anyone's going to seriously compete with Gonzaga until you see it. But um, what impressed me about BYU was was they were just down seven at the half. That second half, they kept it close, but man, they missed a lot of open shots. They really worked for some good looks and just couldn't hit them. And you just can't do that against Gonzaga. And we saw what happened as a result. Soon enough, the doors are getting blown off and, and they're running away. But but I think with Yoli, I think it's going to be really interesting uh, what happens from here on out against what looks to be like a better West Coast Conference, uh, uh, top to bottom. Uh, BYU plays uh, five games coming up. ESPN's power rankings has BYU favored in every one of those games. Is it possible, uh, Jay, that BYU could maybe run the table and get five straight wins, or would it be more more expected that they would go four and one, or or maybe three and two? But they they are favored in five straight games. Yeah, I you know I'm going to say they'll probably go four and one and three three and two. A lot depends on if Yoli Childs comes back from that uh, open dislocation of his right index finger. Uh, it looks like he'll be back based on the fact that he did warm up uh, Saturday night and then was probably a game time decision and they probably decided to hold him out. Pacific is not an easy place to play. They played there Thursday. Um, then they played a San Francisco, at San Francisco Saturday. Both of those are, are they've lost at both of those venues before and uh, the, the fans get riled up when, when BYU comes to town. BYU brings a lot of people which kind of sparks the rival fans to the opposing fans to, to maybe be more vocal than usual and uh and so it's 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 not an easy uh, road swing. I I can easily see him maybe going one and one in this swing and uh, and kind of being back where they've been in past seasons. Brandon, what's your take on Yoli Child's uh, dressing for that game and working out? Is it was it a show of maybe power just to get in their heads a little bit, or was it actually the fact that he's a lot closer to playing than not? And what would be your prediction if he's back this week? It might be one of those player versus trainer type things where Yoli just wants to go and the tra- trainers no 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 he can't do it. 
foot or maybe a little bit of that. I, I think it's very positive that he was out there and actually shooting. Um, I think that's a big thing that he can actually do do something. It's a really good sign that maybe he might be back sooner rather than later. I have always thought it's going to be at least two weeks. It looks like it still might be that, but maybe a bit shorter than that. Now, let's change gears and talk football a little bit. We knew from a long time ago, a long time ago being a couple of weeks, that Matt Bushman and Kerry Tonga would be returning to play for their senior years. That's a pretty big development, but they did have a press conference. They did meet with reporters to explain their feelings about what they're doing. Jay, what was your takeaway from, from these two players deciding to come back? I guess my biggest takeaway was it was a really difficult decision for both guys. Matt Bushman at one time said he was leaning towards leaving, and his wife, who's Chad Lewis's daughter, was also uh, kind of in that camp that let's let's leave and see what else is out there. She's finished with her volleyball career at BYU, and she's graduated. And so uh, that was kind of the takeaway from Matt. And then Matt said right before uh, the bowl game is when he decided to stay. So he literally played in the bowl game knowing he was coming back. I thought that was interesting. Kyrus, uh, I think he really wanted to leave, and I think his parents, particularly his father, talked him into staying. So if you're a BYU fan and you want to see a good team next year, you probably should thank uh, Kairos's father. I'm not sure what his name is, but uh, he's had a big impact on Kairos's decision to stay. Brandon, we know we know that Matt Bushman is talented. We know that he still has room to improve, and we know that him coming back will be a great a great uh, injection of energy into this offense. But with Tonga, I don't know that he could be a th- uh, you know a th- every down back in the NFL. He's not at that point yet. He wasn't at that point at BYU. But him coming back probably allows the BYU defense to do some things next year if they're going to make some changes with their front with their pressures and that with him better than without him. Well, you need you need to see him as a consistent force, and and I look back to where I was at prior to the season. And if you would have told me Matt Bushman or Kyra Stonga didn't come back, you'd have to say it was a disappointment that they didn't develop to the point where it was just an absolute no-brainer they're going to the NFL. In that regard, it is a bit of a disappointment. But you have to pump the brakes a little bit because there's personal decisions behind it, injuries that we might not know about, all in that. But but altogether, the fact that Kyra Stonga's coming back, just professionally, a little bit of a disappointment. But as Jay mentioned, a lot of it's personal. There's things other than football that you have to look into and and whatnot, and finishing the degree is a big thing for Kyrus. But you really want to see these guys develop because they are very, very talented athletes. And Kyrus, the whole thing is just making an impact, a consistent impact. We didn't see that. That USC game, man, it's like, oh, he's arrived. Here he goes. And then it's just like, oh, where'd he go? <laughs> you want to see that. So, so I think maybe with some schematic changes, running a more 40 front, I think it's going to be beneficial to Kyrus. Maybe we'll see that impact. You hope to see it. Let me get your take on this, fellas. Kalani Satake, of course, have come on a little bit of fire since his contract renewal because they ended the season with two losses. The San Diego State was a hard that, that game was a hard fought game. BYU maybe had a chance to win that game, but San Diego State was was really playing their senior day. They're playing very well. Their defense was outstanding. They pressured uh, uh, the quarterback, Zach Wilson, really well. In Hawaii, BYU you know fought back, got a lead. They should have won that game. They let kind of let it get away. Does the coming back of these two players? give Kalani a little bit of a feeling that, well, well, should should there be a statement made that by them coming back, they're not abandoning this program, they're investing in it? Could we read anything into that, Jay, about these two guys coming back and, and maybe what they want to do for Kalani? Absolutely. I think that's huge. And I've 
written this and said this before, that these are probably Kalani's two biggest recruits. We've got signing day coming up here, the, the second signing period in February. But securing these guys does send a statement that, hey, here's two guys that probably could have gone to the NFL. I'm not sure if both would have been drafted. But the fact that they come back is almost like a seal of approval for Kalani, for what's going on in the program, that the players are generally happy, that they're willing to invest one more year, maybe bypass a payday, just to help build this program and continue it on the right step. So so I think it's a, I think it's a, a very good sign for Kalani that this happened. And like I said, I, I think it's his two best recruits. Brandon, do you see this as an endorsement of any kind? Oh, for Kairos, absolutely. I, Kairos really enjoys being here. You get that from him whenever you talk to him. Just what he is, he him his relationship with, with, with Tuiaki and Kalani is very very strong, and that's absolutely a big thing. And that's and that remains Kalani's biggest strength is the connection he builds with these players. They absolutely love him, so that, that's a big thing. And I think Iris kind of exemplifies that. Let's shift gears to recruiting. Uh, we're on the threshold of the February signing date. BYU has already signed players, announced them in December. We went through all that, but now we're at a point where there are going to be some other people added to the roster, both that are here and that will be announced and those that are becoming. Uh, Jay, what do you envision in the February signing date? I think it's uh, rather important. They've got four or five guys out there that they've – trying to land and and I think it's important to to take this maybe this class which is right ranked in the 70s hasn't really been a great class a little bit lackluster um, they did land Cody Epps and uh, uh, and some of these guys that Brandon can talk about in a minute who he's written about but uh, lately but yeah I just think they need to land uh, the Romney brother who will probably go on a mission first they need to land a tight end out of Arizona named Alex Lines uh, the big one is probably Bodie Schoonover American Fork defensive end, who sounds like it's between BYU and UCLA. Uh, another one of those kids right in their own backyard that if they lose, who's actually committed to them, you know, a couple years ago, and and it's kind of been wishy-washy a little bit. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, really important that they land three or four more guys that can really help this class. Brandon, will they get Schoonover? And what's your take on what's going to go down in two weeks? It's weird because Schoonover's just been a total BYU guy, a guy you don't worry about. And I hear a few days before the December signing period, he's not going to sign. Why? <laughs> What's going on? And UCLA is really making an impact in state. Pretty much any top recruit you talk to, they like UCLA. Nate Ritchie from Lone Pig, UCLA was was probably his second choice. UCLA. Um, uh, you, you see uh, the, the kid from Sky Ridge, uh, Ross, went to UCLA. <laughs> UCLA is really starting to make an impact in state, kind of in the same way Washington started to do a, a few years back. And if UCLA starts to build a big product, maybe, maybe that's going to be a serious contender in state. But Tate Romney, the Romneys just don't talk. Gunner didn't talk. Tate didn't talk. So I don't know if there's anything you can read into that. But I think, Bodie, you definitely worry about that. Is UCLA running out of high schools in Los Angeles County and Seriously. San Diego County? Is there not enough high schools down there that they need to come to Utah, Jay? Well, I think Chip Kelly is, uh, you know, obviously he's there now and, and who knows. I, I just think... Uh, um, the words out: These Utah kids can play, and they're they're going to USC and Washington and Oregon, and and doing quite well. And and even a guy went to LSU that was in the national championship game. So I just think it's uh, all schools, not just UCLA, but a lot of. Pac-12 schools or whatever, they're seeing the success that Utah has had with uh, Utah kids and that BYU has had in the past. And I just think it's 
all schools. I just think this is a, a vital stop on the recruiting trail for a lot of schools nowadays. Before we leave recruiting, um, Brandon, why don't we get your take on basketball, recruiting? Uh, th- there's some names out there of, of guys that are performing and performing very well right now. Could you give us a quick uh, glimpse into basketball recruiting? Well, Richie Saunders is the guy who deserves all the attention. Uh, a guy from Wasatch Academy. And if you're averaging, what is it, 15 points a game for Wasatch Academy, you're really good. That is a top team. That's a top five team in the country. Yeah, because most of those players that are four or five stars, they're not averaging more than 12 points a game. Yeah, they, they're they they're going to the top colleges in the country. And Richie Saunders, that's a big, big get for, for BYU. What they're doing at Wasatch Academy is pretty extraordinary. What they're able to do, a, a guy that I really like, I just saw him the other week, is, is uh, I, I think it's Randy Reed's uh, son or Robbie's uh, Duncan Reed for Skyridge. Uh, a junior, uh, kind of a combo guard, kind of reminds me of Zach Selyus in, in a way. He's a guy I, I have my eye on. I think he's a kid that might warrant a scholarship here soon. Well, it looks like a Super Bowl we've got on the horizon, and we'll have two BYU players, uh, actually three if you count Andy Reid, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they, they, it's a great weekend for, for Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. And then over on the other side, the uh, Fred Warner situation with San Francisco. Maybe the best defense in the NFL, and Fred Warner is right in the middle of it. Uh, your thoughts on the Super Bowl upcoming, Jay Drew? Yeah, I I'm excited for it. I think I like to see anybody but the Patriots in it. So, you know, I like to see the newer faces and uh and you got the 49ers and the Chiefs and Chiefs haven't been to the Super Bowl in what 50 years and of course the Daniel Sorensen story. I just saw on Twitter where Kyle Whittingham was at the Chiefs game yesterday uh kind of hanging out with Andy Reid because one of Andy's assistants or a quality control guy or something is Kyle Whittingham's son. Then you also have the Ellett kid that I think went to BYU. He's uh, he's from Southern Utah. I think he lost an arm in an accident, industrial accident, early in his life, and he's uh, he's like Andy Reid's uh, go-to guy as far as helping out and just doing odd jobs and that. So you got that element. There's a couple of Utah guys, uh, the punter Mitch Wisnowski's there, and. And so it, yeah, I'm excited. I think this will be a fun Super Bowl. Our listeners don't care about Mitch Wisnowski. <laughs> okay, <laughs> your thoughts, Brandon? Super Bowl coming up. I, I think what's great about it is, is you look at Fred Warner and Daniel Sorensen. You're talking about guys who really exceeded expectation in the NFL. Particularly Dan, Daniel Sorensen signed out as a free agent to play secondary in the NFL. Uh, I, I think a really, real good success story. He's making 14 million dollars. Yeah, good for him. And, I, and Fred is is they're, they're getting. A bargain with Fred. He's getting paid nothing for San Francisco, but he's one of their best defensive players. He might be their best defensive player. He's really doing a a good job, and uh, he has a long career ahead of him. Uh, Fred Warner's upside is tremendous. I think Daniel Sorens is probably already there, and he's providing a lot of impact. But I think Fred Warner has. I I mean, you look at what Bobby Wagner did for Seattle. I kind of see that same incline for Fred Warner. I think he's doing similar things and and a similar type of player. I got to put a plug in for your article, Dick, that you wrote about Daniel Sorensen. Very good. Thank you. Go read that if you haven't already. And also, uh, the Deseret News had a story about Fred Warner that was in the uh, front page of the whole section, the whole paper yesterday. Uh, very, very good story. Uh, so I want to p- put a plug in for those those two pieces of work. Thank you. Brother, your final word. I call you brother because you are my brothers. We, we sweat and we toil. and We're here on Martin Luther King Day. This uh, podcast will be broadcast on Tuesday evening. But you've come in here. Appreciate you guys coming in on a holiday and from wherever you came from. But your final thoughts, this end of this podcast. 
Brandon Gurney. Final thoughts is it's a really big weekend for BYU basketball. Uh, take care of these two games, and you're still right in it. Lose one of them, you're starting to stretch a bit uh, with regards to maybe an NCAA tournament invite. Man, a lot in plays. You're only going to play. We'll see. So, yeah, big weekend for BYU basketball. Jay Drew. Yeah, just kind of the same thoughts that this is looking like one of those seasons where you're going to look back and wonder what might have been. Uh, this is a really good BYU basketball team, and they've just had some tough breaks with Yoli's finger and other things and, and Gavin Baxter. And I think to avoid that, what might have been a scenario, they definitely need to reel off four or five straight wins. And uh, and then I think your back is a bona fide NCAA team. I, I think that we've got to give Mark uh, Pope credit. This loss uh, can uh, sometimes overshadow the things that he's done. You're seeing a BYU team playing far better defense, getting in front of people, uh, blocking lanes, playing good help defense, going man to man. You're seeing a better team from three-point shooting by at least seven or eight percent over last year. This this is a very good shooting team, and they share the ball. They get people open. The other thing I would mention is the Yoli Childs. We don't know what his status is, but you can probably say this. When he comes back, he's not going to have the wear and tear that a lot of other players in this league have had on their bodies. And, and believe me, when you travel and you go and play the way that they do in college basketball, not to mention the NBA, but it does take a toll on you. So it's almost like they're holding him out for the home stretch and the, and the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas, where he'll have fresh legs, fresh lungs, fresh whatever, unless he gets hurt again. But I think there's some good things down the road with Mark Pope. You've seen the signs of it. And like Jay said, this is by every metric that you can measure, this is a very good basketball team with a lot of potential to maybe go deep, if not in the NCAA, certainly in the NIT. And so with that, uh, we'll wrap things up. Thanks for being this part of this uh, this is a Cougar Insider podcast. We invite you to search out and find this podcast wherever you can. Share it with your friends. Uh, put the word out. We also have a newsletter that we participate in. It's called Cougar Insiders, and you can get that at the Deseret News. If you look up at the top banner, DeseretNews.com, you can sign up for this newsletter. It comes out every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Thanks for being with us in this edition of the Cougar Insider podcast.